Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 407. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We get to talk to football. We got one week left in the 2019 CFL season. One week. And you know what? It's a meaningful week. You look at the standings. You look at the schedule. Oh, my good Lord. What do we got? We got an Ottawa-Montreal game. Meaningless. Edmonton-Saskatchewan game. Huge. Toronto-Hamilton game. Meaningless. Calgary-BC. Meaningful. Okay? So two out of four games on the last week of the season are meaningful football games. Wow. Who would have thunk that one? Who would have? Seriously. And who would have thought that we've got a 14-3 a and three Hamilton Tiger Cats team at the beginning of the season? And, and you know what? I would have bet serious money that Montreal was not over 500 football. And here they're sitting at 9-8 and eight so far. And with the good prospect of winning another game against Ottawa. So they are going to be 10-8 and eight for the season. Who the hell would have said that at the beginning of the year? Nobody. Nobody. Okay? Like, seriously. Unbelievable. You know, I, Calgary Stampeders in first place. Who would have fucking thought that one, too? Brand new head coach, Chris Jones, disappears. Uh, Zach Caleros gets killed in the first Three plays of the season? No, nobody. Nobody would have said that Saskatchewan would have ended up 12-5, and five, possibly 13-5. and five. Uh, No, man, this is an exciting football year. Uh, well, almost. I mean, the BC Lions missed the playoffs, so it's not that exciting. Come on, seriously. Um, yeah, Edmonton's got the crossover, that's for sure. Saskatchewan, Calgary, or Winnipeg could all finish in first or second place. I don't think Winnipeg can get first place. I think they're pretty much done. They're at 11. No, they can't get first place because they can't. Saskatchewan's already got 12. Nick, Winnipeg season's done. Okay, but they could still end up in second place with a home playoff game. They beat uh, with owning this season series with Calgary. Wow, are we going to do the playoffs? Scenarios later on? No. Yeah. Every year. No. Multiple scenarios where we finish. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about them. Okay. So we're not going to talk about that. Hamilton and Montreal are finished the way they are in the Eastern Division. And Edmonton's the crossover team. That's just. Okay. So we're not going to talk anymore about the standings and where things are going to go. Because we'll talk about that in a segment. And let everybody talk about it. Not just me rambling on in a rant. Uh, even though it's not really a rant, it's a monologue because that's what uh, Neil Kroll says it is. He says, hey, it's not a rant, it's a monologue. It's kind of like um, Johnny Carson used to do and uh, uh, who's those other late-night guys? They'll do this little um, monologue at the beginning where they talk and make stupid jokes and all sorts of stuff. That's kind of like what I'm trying to do. I don't really make funny jokes, though. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyhow, uh, so what's going on? We had a great week of football. Uh, again, a couple of really important games and a couple of meaningless ones. And uh, the meaningless one was really kind of boring. And, you know, I say that every week, but it's true. And then other, somebody else says, oh, no, it was a great, exciting game of football. No, it wasn't. It was Toronto and Ottawa. And seriously, no, it wasn't exciting at all. Okay, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about football. We're having a big problem on uh, who's the MOP for the, for the Western Division or who's the MOP for this season. And 
Uh, Brian Burnham is unbelievable, like outstanding player. Uh, Andrew Harris, he's not an outstanding player. He's an amazing player, but there's no um, most amazing player award. Okay, this, there isn't one. It's most outstanding, and he really doesn't outstanding. He's kind of boring to watch because all he does is pound the ball up the middle. He's good. He's consistent. He does that. But uh, you know what? He yeah, is just there and and just oh my god, no, Brian Burnham, outstanding. The guy catches like two or three balls in the season in a game. That's just absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, he should win the nominee. There's no doubt about that. For at least the West, he'll be go against Brandon Banks, I think, and uh, you know he should beat Brandon Banks. Brandon Banks isn't really, you know, okay, he's too short, and I'm not really picking on short people, but Brandon Banks, yeah, no, don't like him. Uh, power rankings, power rankings, really at this time of year don't really matter because you know what, the standings matter, and power rankings, who cares? Who cares how powerful the team is next week? Because next week there isn't a week. Uh, it's it. This is game over. We got one more see one more week of the of football, and that's the end of the season for three teams. Six go on, and then we get playoffs. Is it next the week after or the week after that? I don't know. It's pretty close. Uh, yeah, we get uh, the Western semifinal and the Eastern semifinal. We know who's in the Eastern semifinal. It's going to be um, Edmonton in Montreal. We don't know who's in the Eastern uh, Western semifinal, and that's kind of wow. Well, okay. Not bad for the last game of the season, last week of the season. Unbelievable football. Okay, so uh, let's just open up the phone lines. Uh, Phil is not going to be with us, so there won't be any arguing between Will and Phil tonight. Uh, but we do have the other three online here. I got Charles starting off tonight. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty spectacular. I'm, yes, yes. It was a nice weekend down here. I'm, my apologies for missing Wednesday night's show. Work got in the way, unfortunately, but... Um, Back in the saddle again tonight. There are better excuses. Yes, there is. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was not an excuse. That was legit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Work getting okay. in the way of reality. Yep. Yeah, work interferes with social activities. Yes. I didn't tell you guys. I, I got fired. No. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Will, how are you doing? No, no, no! You just can't leave us hanging like that. What do you mean you got fired? We didn't get fired. I was just how does how how does your son-in-law fire you when you that's, have done all this that, stuff for you? That okay. that's exactly right. He can't fire me. He, no, oh, okay. I was just joking. Okay, sort of. Okay, not cool. really. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, Todd Mogi would okay. hire you. Sure. Todd Mogi would hire me. Don't worry about he's it. he's sending yeah. me a present. Todd Mogi's a, a, an awesome guy. He's sending me yeah. a present. Asked for my address. He I asked for my I, address, I, I and then he he mailed me something and gave me a tracking number and everything. I've been trying to get I my buddy Charles to do that for a long time, and I just I, don't know I've how to make it. I've been watching this. Do what? I've been watching this. I've been watching this from a distance for a while now, and I think Todd Mogi would like to be your girlfriend. Okay, I'm just saying. I, I have an absolutely gorgeous wife. I don't need a bald-headed I know you guy. Do. I know you do, but <laughs> but I'm just saying. I think he wants to be your girlfriend. This guy okay, I'm just saying. Really just say it. Todd okay? is a good it's... friend. Okay, I just want to put it like that. I've never met the guy. We just talk on Facebook, and he likes what I do, and he's a he's a good guy. And uh, I like what he does. He's really taken over the, the Let's Talk CFL 
a Facebook group and he's done a wonderful job helping out there. Well, in my absence, because I really don't care about it much anymore. Uh, did I say that out loud? Um, anyhow, yeah. uh, yeah. it's not that I don't care about it. I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. When I owned the wine store and I could just sit there all day and, and just play on Facebook when, and then the customers come in and I, I go deal with a customer and then I come back and play on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. I mean, that, it was an amazing group. It was full of everything, right? I, I just did an awesome job. I, I pat myself on the back, just locate my shoulder doing it here. Um, but since I moved up here, I've got so much more to do. I just don't have time to sit on a computer all freaking day. It's boring. I got things to do get get to happen. So Todd, Todd has picked up the ball and he's running with it. He's doing a great job taking care of the, the group. And not that Mark, Charles, Russ, Phyllis, and everybody else aren't there's everybody's doing a great job and i'm just not i'm just not i go in there raise shit and leave it, it works for me <laughs> go in cause some trouble get up those guys so my question with. my question is my question is has your hate mail decreased uh yeah yeah i get very little hate mail yeah good 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 i'm excited for you yeah I, I don't get as much hate mail as I used to because, honestly, I'm not causing as much controversy. I'm actually having a debate with David Benefield right now. And uh, David Benefield says that uh, Brian Burnham is awesome, but Andrew Harris is, is amazing. You know, like He is the MOB. And I says he got caught juicing. He should be eligible. And then he says, is there anything in the rules? And I says, nope, but you tell that to the media who vote on this. And then he's coming back and he says, uh, if they're not creating a fuss, then why bother? Because it's not going to happen. You and I, I and I and I I agree. Andrew Harris is the is the MOP hands down. Well, hands is he? Down. He's not yes. that outstanding. He's just consistent. He just he's a blue collar worker that picks up his lunchbox and goes to work and pounds it all day long and then gets on his horse and comes home. And and that's just a fact. Right. Okay. But he doesn't – he's not, oh, my God, did you see what Andrew Harris just did? Oh, it was amazing. No, nobody says that. Nobody says that. Nobody says, oh, yeah, my God, you should have fucking played it. Andrew Harris had four amazing runs in that game. Nobody says that because he doesn't have four amazing runs. He has 25 really good runs, and he's leading the league. He's uh-huh. not an outstanding player. He is not in any way, shape, or form an outstanding player. Okay. I, I, I personally, I don't see it. You want to see an out, outstanding one? I mean, shit. In all honesty, I know, you're on I know, more I know. outstanding than Andrew Harris. Just, just leaving it out there. Okay, we've been down this road before, so we have. Don't need to go again. Don't need to go again. Okay, so, Martin, come on into the show talk to me. No, Andrew Harris shouldn't be the outstanding player. Brandon Banks, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. Brandon Banks is a worm. He may be a worm personally, but on the field? Um, he's pretty yeah, good. No, he's getting the most outstanding player. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's go down there. Only because his team's in the playoffs and and Burnham's isn't. That's the only reason. No. Look at the yardage. (laughs) The 
also Wow. Yeah, he's he's well ahead in yardage now. Especially after well, how that did that last happen? Game. Burnham was so way out there. Yeah, two hundred yards 200 in the last yards. game. Two hundred yards in the last game? Holy shit. Yep. Yes. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's he's that's up amazing. on Burnham by hundred and fifty yards now. Do you know what that is? When that's outstanding. A week ago. Without yep. question, that's outstanding. Brian Brian Banks. Okay. I'm gonna retract that. He is a worm. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to retract that. Brandon Banks, if he he's honestly did that. He's an outstanding worm. He's an outstanding worm. I, Reggie Bangleton had an amazing game with Calgary against Winnipeg. I was, fuck, was he good. And uh, it still came up short. Okay. Uh, but Brandon Banks was has been thrown to 22 times more than Brian Burnham. Yep. Okay. 22 times. He's also got 20, uh-huh. 20, 19 more catches. But that's beside the point. How many times has uh, How many times has Mike Riley gotten sacked this year? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I can't count. Okay, I can't count that high. Those I, are those are probably those were 22 of those sacks were probably labeled for Burnham to catch the ball, okay, but he didn't get a Probably. To throw it. Probably, so, yeah. I, I would have to take my, my gloves and my boots off to be able to count that high, and then I'd still have to borrow somebody's feet. Uh-huh. Maybe about three or four people. Uh-huh. I'd love to know the number, how many sacks BC has given up. It's got to be 50. Oh, I think it's well, there were like a couple 60. games where they gave seven, gave up seven in back-to-back games. I know, I know, but then you, they haven't given up seven in the last six games. No, I know they've they've really clamped down, but in those early games, they were giving up seven, five, six. They were giving a lot. Uh, I know, absolutely terrible, terrible, atrocious. Yeah, okay. They gave up twelve against Winnipeg. Total in two games, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's bad enough. So it's going to be in the 50s. Yep. Even with the clamp down and getting better, it's still going to be in the 50s. Yeah. Okay, let's talk some football. First game up last week or this week or whenever it's gone, it's over, it's somewhere else in week 20 was the Calgary Stampeders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Everybody knew that this was going to be a dogfight. This was probably the most important game of the week. And uh, after uh, coming right back on the tails of Calgary whooping Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg turns around and... uh, I won't say they, whoop, they didn't whoop each other in either game. I mean, there was three points separating them in the first game and uh, one point separating them in the second game. So I guess Winnipeg gets the season series, eh? Was there a, a previous game that these two teams played? Yes, they do have the series. What Was there a previous game, or is it just going off of these two? Yes. No, it's well, there was the, a previous the third game. game. Yep. That was the third game. Yep. Oh, okay. So Winnipeg won, won the first game. They did. Okay. They did. So there you go. So uh, Winnipeg wins the season series that puts uh, Calgary in a this point in time. Uh, and this game was a dogfight. They just pounded each other back and forth. I liked it. It was a good game. I watched it Friday night. Uh, let's start off with the uh, person who had no skin in the game, Charles. Yes. 
So it was kind of hard this week because there was no Lions in, involved. But then again, for that the was probably a I, good thing. That I was going to say that's not really uh, a bad thing. Uh, not nope. this year, nope. the way things have been going. Um, it was uh, a spectacular game. I mean, um, as a football fan with uh, no real um, affiliation to either team, this was just a flat-out fun game to watch. I mean, there was offense everywhere. You wanted to see how Zach Caleros was going to react. I mean, he hasn't played since the third play of the season back in July. And you got to say, hey, for his first game in – Five months, four months. Uh, he was amazing. He was amazing. He was outstanding. He was fantastic. Twenty-two of twenty-eight, two hundred and twenty-one yards, two touchdowns. He had the one interception, but I mean, the guy was fantastic. And the best part is he took a couple of big hits, including one that I'm actually shocked they didn't flag. I'm not saying it should have been flagged, but I thought that they were going to flag it because it was eerily reminiscent of the one he took from Simone Lawrence at the beginning of the season. And this time he popped right back up with no it was, effect. It was a hellacious hit. Oh, it, it was. was. He absolutely got rocked. But yeah. he was able to pop back up, and that was really good to see. I mean, on the other side, Bo Levi Mitchell also had a good game. 350 yards, four touchdown passes. And this one was really back and forth all night. Um it was Calgary, then Winnipeg, then Calgary, and then Winnipeg with uh, 10 points in the fourth quarter, including the game-winning field goal uh, to salt this one away. It was really an outstanding football game all around, exciting. And, um, I mean, the Bombers, they're not going to get first place. I don't even think, I don't even think they can get second now anymore, can they? Yeah, I guess they can. They, they have can if Calgary, yeah, yeah, they can. Calgary if Calgary loses to BC next week, <laughs> it's um, over. They will get the second. The Bombers will get second, and Calgary will be third. So yeah. you could this, have a scenario scenario this year where the this, two Grey Cup teams from last year, one misses the playoff, the other one finishes third. So, okay, Charles, that's segment five. You wrote the agenda. Right. I'm not going to go too far into it. You're right. Um, I tried not so to. So we'll, we'll, we'll get off of that there. Uh, Reggie Bagleton had a nice game, 10 catches, 98 yards. Um, Andrew Harris was good in this game. He wasn't outstanding. Oh, geez, I wonder he why. Had, uh, He's not 15 any carries for 64 yards. But, uh, yeah, it was just an exciting game all around. Uh, two teams that actually had something to play for. It's nice when you see these games late in the season and they're not just throwaway games uh, like one we're going to talk about in a little bit that there's actually something meaningful on the line because uh, that was a very much a playoff-style game, and the Bombers were able to uh, pull through it good on them. They got the last-second field goal. It looked for a while like they weren't going to be able to catch it, but they did, and good on them. And, uh, again, the best part was seeing Zach Caleros, um, how well he played in this game. So that was really good to see. Okay. Uh, William. Yes. You were at the game. No, I wasn't. I didn't. I never go to Winnipeg. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. This was in Winnipeg. Yeah. Don't okay. be nuts. Mark. Okay, you go. You go ahead. Who, me or Mark? You. Okay. What would you like me to say? Calgary lost, motherfuckers. How does that sound? I'm not very. Well, happy that's not about very it. nice. 
I'm annoyed by it. Um, Zach Kolaris played well. Um, but he looked like he was wearing a watermelon on his head. I'm sorry, he did. What kind of helmet was that? Was that a special helmet? He looked He's like had that Kazoo. helmet for three years. He looked like Kazoo from the Flintstones, okay? Remember He's Kazoo had that guys? helmet for at least three years. Really? Was it Kazoo the Jetsons? Yes. Yeah, the Kazoo was the Jetsons. Yes, sir, sorry. Yep. But he did have special appearances on the Flintstones, too. You're right. Yeah. That's correct. I'm sure. Yeah. So, no, I, I maybe it just looked bigger because it was gold or blue or whatever color it was. It just looked weird. It looked weird. I'm sorry. It looked weird. On TV, it looked weird. Anyways, um, uh, I think the staff should have won that game, but they didn't. And that's what happens when you <laughs> – miss a convert and let somebody run it back and when you're when you're when you're giving your best punt returner a break and they put somebody else in and 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 he lets the ball dot roll into the end zone and then they go two and out and then they kick then they punt the ball out of the end zone and they get two penalties and Winnipeg ends up on their 25 yard line to start the series I could go on and on about that, but I'm not gonna. Um, here is my thought on the on the Stampeders this year. Their biggest weakness this year has been special teams, and which is strange because that's usually a strength for them. And Mark Killam's special teams have not been that special this year. So Calgary lost. Winnipeg won. And we'll see where Calgary ends up if they have to go to Saskatchewan. Whoever's counting, stop it, please. Um, See if Saskatchewan can take first place. And Winnipeg and Calgary get to beat each other up, and then they get to go to Saskatchewan. That'll be fun. Anyways, go ahead, Christopher. No, Mark's next. Okay, go ahead, Mark. Mark, this game, your turn. Like Charles said, this game was just a ton of fun to watch. That's two straight games that they've just they've beaten the shit out of each other, and it's so much fun to watch that kind of football. It'd be really neat if the refs could call a ref and a passer or a hold or something with consistency. It's not possible. That game... Foxcroft crew, that was one of the worst games I've seen this year. And not just against the Bombers, not even just about the hit on Caleros. It was horrible from both sides. And watching Caleros run around on that last touchdown in the fourth quarter, with any of the other quarterbacks we've had this year, Harris or, or Strebler, Nichols or Strebler, sorry. There's no way that pass is completed. Nichols would have thrown it into the stands and Strebler would have tried to run for a first down. How he was even able to get his arm around to throw that ball was... It makes me feel better about going into the playoffs. We're going to be talking about that later, too. But... And popping up after that hit, because let me tell you, I think everybody in the, st- the stadium was going, oh, dear, 
we are now hooped. And the way he popped up, and then the next play completed a second and ten for a pass for a first down was just awesome. There were two turning points in the game. One was the missed single point. The other was when Eric Rogers decided to get real cocky and go into the crowd. And the crowd pushed him out. The team got pissed. They talked about it in the post game after. When he went into the stands, the team just decided to say, fuck it, we're winning this game. He fired up the crowd. He fired up the Bombers. I love watching watching cocky guys like that. It's just hilarious. He was also the one that took the hellacious hit over the middle, pointing at his face mask, gets the flag for unnecessary roughness, waits for the trainers to come over, stands up and runs off the field. Horrible. To see the team come after that was hilarious. And it kept a very small crowd going. So thank you, Eric Rogers, for the win. Um, especially a night when Andrew Harris was nothing. He really was a non-factor. He had 40 yards rushing until the fourth quarter. But when they needed him the most on the last drive, he had 25 yards. I'll take it. Go ahead, GJ. Okay, so the final score on this game was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 29, the Calgary Stampeders 28. Stamps lose a tough one, but... As Mark said, there was a motivated bomber team. Okay, so, Charles, you picked Calgary to win. Will, you picked Calgary to win. Phil, you picked Calgary to win. You guys are all out of there. It was down to CJ and Mark. Wow. Mark picked 36-32. CJ had 27-23. It was 29-28. My God, that's close. Mark, you're 11. CJ picks up the win with seven points. Seven point spread. Whoa! Hamana, 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 hamana. I'm that much closer to Will. That should be illegal because because Christopher never picks the Bombers. (laughs) I I thought the Bombers were going to win, and I had to catch up to Will. You're lying. You're lying. You just no, 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 no. Probably, but that's not the point. Okay. You just didn't want Mark to win because he was the only guy who picked the Bombers. I went for the win here. I went for the points, okay? And I was victorious. So, the next game up. A mean-nothing game between the two best teams in the Eastern Division, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, this, one didn't, this one didn't surprise anybody. Nobody. Oh, my God, it did actually surprise a lot of people. Anyhow, um... Go ahead, Charles. Top you off at the top. I think what this game kind of showed is that the Thai, or excuse me, the um, Alouettes are certainly better, but they're not quite there yet. Um, the they hung pretty well with the um, with the Thai Cats. Um, for most of the time, until it became 
crunch time, and then it was the um, tie cats that kind of rose to the occasion in this one. Um, and I'm not that surprised because I think that the overall, if you're looking at the uh, league, you, you probably you could probably go and say that the um, Tiger Cats are probably the most polished team in the CFL. They still have the best record in the CFL. Uh, they're playing, I think, with the most confidence in the CFL. So, um, and I think they tend to have the best defense uh, in the CFL. So. They um, really um, shut it down. Now, the one question I do have, because I did not really see much of this game because I was working a trade show on Saturday, I noticed Matt Schlitz came in. Now, was that a planned thing for the Alouettes, or did Vernon Adams go down with an injury? Because Adams' numbers are actually quite good. Planned. That was planned. That actually surprises me, because this is not the Alouettes' last game. And Vernon Adams is playing really well, 11 of 14 for 142 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, I think you, if you're the Alouettes, you want to leave your top guy in and really give uh, Hamilton uh, a run for it, especially in this game. I don't understand doing that. Uh, certainly the Ticats were taking it serious enough. They didn't uh, mess around. They kept Dane Evans in. Uh, Brad and Banks was... Uh, nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, 11 catches for 201 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, what's there to say about that except for wow? Um, another nice game for Jeremiah Johnson for Montreal. He had over 100 yards rushing. Um, Eugene Lewis continues to impress. Uh, he had 100 yards receiving. Um, but I think that we saw that the Tiger Cats were just a, a little bit a better team than the Alouettes. The Alouettes are improving, but when you look at it and look at the second half and see Hamilton outscoring Montreal 24-5, to um, you see that a team there that just that has the ability to rise to the occasion when they need to, and Montreal just didn't have an answer for it. Even with... Matt Schlitz coming in, um, that defense of the Alouettes, which was pretty good in the first half, kind of fell apart in the second half. And that's kind of where the uh, the game went. So I think this shows that Hamilton is full value for first place, and they got to be considered the favorite in the Eastern Division. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Okay, Mark. Jump up and talk football. Part- Part of the reason Hamilton was able to pull away, yes, they are full marks for the win. Banks went off. Mm. Evans looked really good. Mwamba, I don't believe, played. Standback did not play. Adams only played a half. They had a lot of backups in. They had was that by design? Backups. I believe so. And then they'll play everybody next week. I Against think Ottawa. it's by design. I don't get that. It's maybe what Kahari likes. There was a lot of backups on the field for the defense. And Montreal just wasn't able to keep up. And that is a testing to do with Hamilton. They're an extremely explosive team. They've got a bunch of little guys as receivers, but you can't catch them. So it, it, it is what it is with that game. Um I don't know if Montreal was necessarily out to win it with putting in backups right away. Schlitz looked good. 
I won't say he looked bad at all. I thought he looked pretty good for a guy who really hasn't played much. But Hamilton definitely just ran away with it. That's a dominant-looking team. They're going to be tough to beat come playoff time, I think. With them only having the one game and it's at home, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, definitely full marks for Hamilton. But I want to see what Montreal does next week. Go ahead, Will. I don't understand um, what Hamilton was doing because uh, they left Dane Evans in. Um, They left most of their starters in. You know, been watching this kind of end of the year kind of thing for a long time. And you know what? One of your starters gets hurt. Gets hurt, you're screwed. I just didn't get it. That game, in my mind, meant nothing. Obviously, it meant nothing to Montreal because they pulled uh, they pulled Every the badge. Time. Okay, and uh, I don't know what it proved for Hamilton. Is Hamilton just so crazy about getting or increasing their win record so they can have the best record ever? Well, they've already got the best record for, ever, but they want to make it so it's unbeatable. Team. Right, right. So I just I don't think it was smart football. I think on the other hand, Harvey Jones was much smarter because he's not going anywhere without Vernon Adams. Mind you, Matt Slitz had exactly the same yardage as as Vernon Adams did. They both had 142 yards passing. So. Um, I don't know, and and once again, it's a, it's a at the end of the year when when your position can't change, it's got to be it's got to be a bit of a conundrum about whether you should play guys or not play guys, and I guess one team decided to play them, and the other team decided not to. Simple as that. So, but, and uh, if that's Hamilton, if that's the case, which I'm not denying it is. Yes. This game was a lot closer than it should have been. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Hamilton, uh, you know, Brandon Banks, he did go off, that's for sure. I don't know who was in the defensive backfield, but he looked like he was just running wild for quite some time. And uh, Brandon Banks is a good player. There's no doubt about it. I think he's a jerk for a human being, but he's a good player. So more power to him. Yeah, the little shit's got talent. There's no questioning that. Yeah, he does. No doubt about it. Go ahead, CJ. Yeah, well, this one ended up Hamilton 38, Montreal 26, okay? And, yeah, I do think that Hamilton is trying to set the – I mean, they've already passed more uh, victories in one season than Hamilton has ever got in its history. Uh, so this is a they, every game now is just makes that record a little bit better. Uh, amazing considering it's Orlando Steinauer's rookie season as a head coach, and he will probably get coach of the year. It's pretty hard not to give it to him. Although I do like some other coaches and what they've done and why. Uh, but the final score was 38-26 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Will, Mark, and Phil, y'all picked the Alouettes to win. You guys lose. Came down to the two BC boys, Charles and CJ. Charles, you picked uh, Hamilton to win 30-21. to 21. You're out by 13 points. CJ, 
DJ picked yep. them 32 to 28. I'm out by eight points. I get the second gold sticker in the week. Oh my God, I'm closing in on Will. I'm going to close. That's nine for the season so far. Ooh, Will, I'm chasing your ass. I'm chasing your ass, buddy. Okay, next game up Ottawa Red Blacks. Could you please Toronto, not say Argonaut. it like that? What? Chasing your ass? What? You, yes, please. Don't say it like that, please. <laughs> well, come on. You said you earlier you had the hots for Todd. Okay. Um, Ottawa Red Blacks, Toronto Argonauts. Who gives a shit? Okay. The last game of the week was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Edmonton. Oh, like we should do Ottawa Red Blacks, right? On Toronto Argonauts. I don't know why it was a. It wasn't really a football game, was it? I don't know. Okay, um, Charles, you start this one off. You enjoyed this game the most. Well, to be honest, I didn't actually see this game because, as I said, I was working at the trade show. Yeah, that's why I enjoyed it. So I don't have a lot to um, uh, say about it except the fact that Ottawa's probably the uh, worst. Team in modern day, maybe okay. since I've been born, to be honest, because they're an absolute and utter joke. To be, I, 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 I can't put it any other way because they're a disaster. I mean, how? What is it about twelve losses in a row or something like? It's, it's, it's just well, there's, embarrassing. There's three and fourteen on the season. I don't yeah, care I how many are in a row. Too early, yeah. I don't but care. They've, won t- they've lost 10 in a row, and for the most part, they've been blown out in every single one. The only one I can remember that was relatively close was the game with Edmonton about two or three weeks ago. BC thumped them a couple times. Toronto crushed them. They're getting beaten by, slaughtered by teams that are 4-13 and 5-0. and zero. They're not even competitive with the other also-rans. I mean, they've yeah. only scored 280 points. <laughs> in 17 games, my God, I got to do the math on that because that's just. I'll, awful. I'll do it for you. I'll well, do I it for you. Sixteen points a game. Sixteen point oh five. That's just—it's uh, a train wreck. The, that they might be the worst team that I've ever seen since I started watching the CFL. Um, it's, it's incredibly bizarre. I mean, the next lowest scoring team after them are the Toronto Argonauts who have 355. Yeah. 75 points more. So 75 points more. Uh, it's, it's just, they're an embarrassing team to be honest. Everybody there from, uh, Rick Campbell, to the GM, whatever his name is. Marcel Desjardins. Marcel Desjardins, right down to the frickin' water boy and the guy that takes the tickets should be fired. That 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 um, franchise needs a complete and utter overhaul because they're but they're, Charles, they're a but Charles, it's not it's not the water boy's fault. Come on. Pardon? Well, no, but it's not the I water mean, boy's fault. True, but if a season like this, I don't want Everybody any remnants of it. I don't no, want any no. remnants of it still there the next year. I want a clean slate because this is a season that I would not want to even come close to remembering it. It's awful. 
They were two and sixteen in their expansion year. Uh, so they had one fewer victory, but that was a better team than this team that we see. This, this team is a, a, a joke. I mean, you can find redeeming qualities of pretty much every other team, including the Lions in Toronto. There is nothing redeeming about Ottawa this year. It's just yeah. one that they're going to want to take the tapes and throw them in the fire and forget that this season ever happened. It's that bad. That's all I got to say. I, I don't know. Re, I don't remember where the line came from, but I think it was uh, Burt Reynolds in the movie Semi Tough. Uh, but uh, somebody coined the term "this team needs an enema," yep. <laughs> and that's pretty much what Ottawa Red Blacks need. They need an enema. They got need to get rid of the shit because that's all they are right now. They are just the shit, and not in a good way. Oh, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. William. Yep. I think what happened to Ottawa is the hangover from the Grey Cup last year has lasted an entire season. Okay. They didn't don't win. Forget, they were they were in the Grey Cup last year. They were in it's the Grey Cup last that. year. They were in the Grey Cup. Me and Charles watched them in the Grey Cup live. Charles and I. And Charles and I, you and Todd Mogi, the grammar police. Oh, my God. Anyways, um, I I have nothing to say about this game. Okay. Uh, Ottawa, I've never – Ottawa has gone down big time since last year. They did lose a lot of players, no doubt. But I would say for the last six or seven games – it strikes me as they don't really care anymore. They don't. And and once again, every year we see this with a with with some team. The CFL is a quarterback driven league. If you do not have a quarterback, you're not going to do anything. Very important. And they didn't have one this year. And I don't think Will aren't. Will Arndt isn't, isn't the savior. No, uh, no, he's not. Ottawa just has to write this year off and continue it. I hope the fans show up next year. I really do. Oh, it's a tough one for this it's, team. Uh, it is really a tough one. Yeah. How, how do you support a shit team like that? You, you can't. And yet, if well, you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to lose them again. Yeah, and and I've heard that that Desjardins and and um, Rick Campbell, Campbell, their jobs are secure. Their so, jobs are uh, never secure. Their jobs are well, never secure. I don't believe that. The owner has said their jobs are secure. So right up until he gets pissed <clears throat> off. Well, I mean, once again. You can't necessarily fire a couple of guys for having a shitty season when they've had good seasons before that. Yeah. They won a great cup. They've been in another great cup. They've gotten close to a third great cup in like four or five years. What's it been? You, you could say the same right? thing about Corey yeah. Chamblin and Brendan Tannen. In Saskatchewan, you could. You could. They won a great cup. They, they were in a great cup. And then they got fired. 
because they had a shit season. What's the difference right. between them and they, these guys? Nothing. But they've won great cups. So did so did Corey Chamblin and, and Brendan Ch- Tannen. Yeah, but they took over from somebody, didn't they? They didn't build that themselves. I mean, in oh hell reality, yeah, they built that. Oh that. yeah, they built that team. In they our, took in over reality, from. You could say you could say that about a lot of guys. Okay. Yeah. And There's I'm not nothing protecting on those two. No, I'm not picking on Winnipeg. What is? But why does Mike Show O'Shea still have a have a job after seven years? Okay. We don't. Nobody he had knows. Some real, he had some real stinker seasons. Okay. Why does Devon Claybrook still have a job? He had a stinker season. Yeah, but that okay. was his first season, and it was a pretty shitty season. Pretty I, I shitty that, taking over is, a team like that. There has and, and been you know what? a lot of guys that have gotten fired mid-first season because their team sucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't think there's that many player coaches that were fired in their first season because their team sucked. Usually you get a grace. Uh, you get some grace. What about that guy in Montreal about five or six years ago? I can't remember his name because he was only there for five games. Rod Rust. He was there for five games, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he didn't grasp the game of football, Canadian football. He's an American that came up here, and he couldn't grasp the game. How long did what's-his-name last in Saskatchewan? Um, He's the Bombers' defensive coordinator now. The Bombers' defensive coordinator. Paul Lapelli. No, Richie Hall. Richie Hall, sorry. Richie Hall. Did he last a whole season in Saskatchewan? I think he did. Did he? One? Um, And he was fired. Uh, There's been a number of examples. Greg Marshall in Hamilton that year, I think he lasted five games, six games. There's been a number of examples of first-year coaches getting hammered. As a rule, it doesn't happen. No, he was head coach in Edmonton. Edmonton. And he he lasted two seasons. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) How bizarre is it to think, though, when you look at it, that on June the 20th, the Ottawa Red Blacks were 2-0 with victories over Calgary and Saskatchewan. And here's the yep. kicker on that. We talked about how many points. They had 280 points this season. In their first two games, they scored 76 points. Oh, my God, they're pathetic. So, Are you shitting me? So, they scored, they scored 32 no. in game one and 44 in yeah. game two. Yeah. Oh, my good Lord. Good God. I mean, so then you're, you see, you got 280, and then you minus 76. 154 they, points that, in 15 games. No, it's 204. Because it was 280 points they have. And you oh, was minus it 280? Yeah, sorry, yeah, it was 220. Yeah. And you minus 76, so that's 204 over 15 games, which is an average of 13.6 points per game. Yeah. Oh, you know, God. and as far as 
as far as getting rid of first-year head coaches, you know, I think you're right. Maybe Devon Claybrooks is going to go down as one of the best coaches in the CFL. You don't know at this point in time. And and you see what happened? Matt Dunnigan was was fired after his first year. He could have went down as the greatest coach in CFL history if they had to let him keep his job. What do you think? No. No? Okay. No, Matt Dunnigan had that. a decent team, and he destroyed them. <laughs> Devon Claybrook Claybrooks is building a team. Different. Okay. Different. But let's put it. And I'm not defending Devon Claybrooks because he's the BC Lions coach. I'm not either. I'm not. No, no, it's just part of the conversation. I I don't believe a first year coach should get fired. No. Okay. Especially when he's a rookie first year. Like there's lots of rookies coaches on that team with the the exception of Rich Stubler and uh and and there's uh, one other Kelly guy and Kelly what's his name the Bates? offensive line coach Bates. Bates. Yeah, no there's another guy <laughs> in there that's that's long term too. Oh, who? Uh I re- I'm trying to remember. Just give me a second here. Well, what's his name? The the offensive coordinator has had a number of jobs. Jarius Jackson, Rich Stubler, Jerry yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's pretty much it. Cause the rest of them are are yeah. pretty rookies. I mean, yeah. look, we got you got Drew Tate, you got Marcus Howell, you got Nick Lewis, Ryan Nick Phillips, Lewis. Uh, Keith Stokes. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. It's a very very young Taylor uh, uh, coaching staff. Keith Stokes is coaching. Yeah, 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 he's, he's a special team wow. and offensive assistant. Wow. They don't. You notice they don't even have Kelly Bates on here. Where are you looking? I'm looking on Wikipedia. They have him on Wikipedia. Uh, I'm looking at BC Lions coaching <laughs> staff on bclions.com. Okay, they have it. When's the last time they updated it? Exactly. No, obviously, hasn't been for a while. I'm going to have to send a little message over to my friend there. What's his name? Uh, Matt. What, Matt? Matt Baker. Does he still work for them? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Who's next on this one? Mark, did you deal this game? Did you you go ahead? I did William. William was second. Charles was first. Mm-hmm. You talk about Ottawa, Toronto? No. Go ahead. No, there's not a lot really to say. I paid no. attention to it as far as I could because I wanted to see what S.J. Green could do. He got his seventh thousand yard season. He went over. He's gone over ten thousand yards now. Over seven hundred catches. That's what I cared about watching. Yeah. Amazing football player. And he only had 84 catches this year. So to go over 1,000 yards with the quarterbacks he's had this year, it's it's really amazing what he's done even this year. And other than that, do we have the next Canadian quarterback hope? Oh, God, I hate this. (laughs) I hate this discussion. Every I time have to throw it in there because Toronto fans are calling for him. 
Toronto fans think he's the guy going forward. I've been reading quite a bit of it on social media. He was, what, what did he throw for 50 or 60 yards or something? No, he didn't play long, but it was just, really, guys, do we have to do this again? Yes, 5 of 9 for 61 yards and a touchdown. Against a horrendous team. I don't need to go into how bad because we've all beaten them up pretty good this year. Just an absolutely horrendous team that by that point was probably playing third string. I hope he's going to complete some passes. Um, he's not like, don't please don't start this again. We don't need it again. The game really, like I say, didn't mean anything to me at all. I tried to watch it, but I literally kept falling asleep. I just really was paying attention to S.J. Green. And if the if this is it this year, which he hasn't said yet, if this is it, he goes out. There's a Hall of Fame career. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So this one finished up Toronto Argonauts thirty nine, Ottawa Red Blacks nine. Yes, that's correct. Thirty nine to nine. They didn't even make their 13-point average. No, they didn't make their 13-point average. So the uh, the funny thing or the unusual thing or the thing that's glaring about this is everyone on the panel picked Toronto to win. Nobody's a loser here today. Hmm. What does that tell you when we all agree? Okay. So we got the Toronto Argonauts, 39, Ottawa Red Blacks, 9. So, so far, CJ has got two victories for the week, catching up on Will. So why has he got the worst score pick in this game? Okay, I was off by 23 points. Mark was off by 22. Phil was 17. Will, you're 15. Charles gets a golden ticket with 9-point spread. Way to go, Charles. Yay. You moved out one further ahead on Will. And I got I'm too closer to him. Okay. The last game of the week. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders going into Edmonton. They it with a victory in Edmonton, Saskatchewan could all but close off first place in the Western Division this year. Can they do it? Well, they're playing the Edson Eskimos, who for all, for everybody that you can say, they're a train wreck. Edmonton has just gone down. They, they actually started off decently, and they are tanking their season. They are absolutely tanking the season. Them going into Montreal to play the Alouettes in the crossover position is going to be as bad as the BC attempt into Hamilton or Montreal or anywhere else that BC tried to do the crossover. Okay, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Edmonton has been a sad team. So this is it, the Rough Riders into Edmonton to play the game. Will, this game was important to you. You obviously watched it. You weren't at a trade show. You know what? That's, that's not a jab, Charles. I oh, watched you... some of it. I watched some of it. And... <laughs> And uh, Edmonton was up for some of it. 
and then it went to shit. But it was a it was a good game to watch. Um, I just I'm having nightmares about having Saskatchewan in Calgary's locker room for the Grey Cup. Okay, and if yeah. that happens, I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I and I you, wish you, I could you tell got, you. You got tickets to that game. Do you, do you guys realize that? Do you realize that it was uh, fourteen ten and a half for Edmonton, and then Saskatchewan scored two touchdowns in the third quarter, and it was pretty Ed, even in the second quarter. And Edmonton so, went to the to the parking lot to drive home in their bus. I guess they did. So yeah, Saskatchewan won, and and I, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Phil is really unhappy. He can't be on the show tonight because I didn't want Saskatchewan to win, and uh, you know they did. And it looks like uh, Calgary's going to have to play a semifinal game. For the first time, first in, time in ten years, I can't remember how long it been. Long Is it's it been. a at decade? Least three or at least no, it's at least three or four, for sure. So, and <laughs> is Saskatchewan beatable in Saskatchewan? Absolutely, but Calgary's still got to get by Winnipeg, which is not going to be an easy feat. And uh, it so, wasn't this week. Nope, that's for sure, and and it's not going to be next week. And uh, I don't know. Calgary had to win that game on Friday night, and they didn't do it. That's the difference between this team and teams of the past. Teams of the past. This is a young team. They don't realize what happens when they have some mental lapses for a while. So, um, anyways, yeah, Saskatchewan won. More power to them. Sure, Phil thinks. Uh, you see, what it was was Pajardo was a premium quarterback that night in the league, and and they offered him big money, and uh, now he's got the money, and he came out and he played well. <coughs> but we shall see, because there's unless unless uh, unless the Saskatchewan comes out next week and the game doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, I don't think Edmonton's going to beat uh, Saskatchewan next week either in Saskatchewan. So, well, we'll see. yeah, but it, it does mean something to Saskatchewan. They have to win that game, right? Because if Calgary wins and Saskatchewan loses, Calgary can still get first place. Calgary will get first place. Yeah, they would. But what I'm saying is, so the game does mean something to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They have to win that game to stay ahead. The problem is, the problem yeah. is, is they, they won't know. Oh, yeah, they will. Calgary plays, no, Calgary plays last. Calgary plays last. Right. So at, Saskatchewan has no point. This is like going first getting first possession in overtime. You really don't know what the other team's going to do. So you have to come out and right. score. Right? right? Yep. Edmund, Saskatchewan yep. has no choice but to beat Edmonton next week, this coming week. That's correct. That's correct. 
So Halloween is Thursday night. Friday night football is November first. Mm-hmm. We're I playing football in November. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, I would rather play Saskatchewan in the semifinal than Winnipeg. So, just saying. Not gonna happen. But it might. Nope. It could. Nope. It could. But I highly nope. doubt it. Okay. So you're talking about this game. What happened here? Say that again. Did you talk about this game? Did you say anything or did we just talk about the consequences of Calgary losing? No, no, I said I said Saskatchewan beat Edmonton. That's all I said. That's all I can say. Fajardo played well. Edmonton played well in the first half. They just didn't play well in the second half, or Saskatchewan played that much better. It's that simple. Okay. You can move on to the next person. I will go on to the next person, and that next person is Mark. Saskatchewan really is full marks for this victory. Edmonton came out, took advantage of a couple of defensive lapses in the first couple of drives, got a touchdown out of it. They took advantage of a fumble, got a short field, and then got to halftime and made no changes. Saskatchewan changed everything around, came out, and absolutely dominated the second half. Uh, Shaq Evans went off again. He had, uh, what was it, 174 yards in receiving. So, and he only had six catches. His yak yards are 45, so that's not, you know, you think about it. That's Fajardo, or Fajardo, however you say his name. That's, he was throwing bombs. Uh, Fajardo looks good, you know. But in the first half, Edmonton, and they do have one of the top defenses in the CFL. They're in first place in a lot of categories. They were confusing him. They were getting at him. And in the second half, Calgary's O-line gave him all kinds of time to throw the football. So it, it doesn't bode well for next week, Will, for either one of us. Um, no, Powell went off again. I thought he played really well, got the big runs when he needed to. But this was Shaq Evans, and it was also – Trevor Harris doing what Trevor Harris does. He's really good, and then he's really bad. He threw some really, really bad interceptions at bad times. And that was the difference in the game, really, was Saskatchewan made less mistakes. Go ahead. Charles, finish it off. Well, we've talked many times before about good Trevor Harris and bad Trevor Harris that can change from game to game. This game, it seemed to go from half to half. He was quite good in the first half and a no-show in the second half. Um, Saskatchewan, um, Cody Fajardo, I mean, the guy's legit. It's clearly legit. Uh, 429 yards and two passing. Now, a lot of that did come in the second half. But, hey, um they make adjustments at halftime. Uh, the the Riders were not did not play a very good first half. They made the adjustments. This is one thing I've wondered about the Edmonton Eskimos and Jason Moss. It, they do not seem like a team that can make any sort of adjustment at halftime. 
because I have seen this team fall apart in the second half way too much. Uh, I've seen it happen. Heck, I've seen it happen when they played the Lions in the past, and I've seen it happen against other teams. It seems like they get a, a, a game plan, and no matter how the game's going, they just stay with it all game. I don't know if uh, Jason Moss has the ability to make adjustments at halftime. And um, it showed because it was a different half in the second half. It was a Saskatchewan that dominated the second half. I remember the days uh, uh, where if Edmonton had a lead at halftime in Commonwealth, you may as well stop watching because they weren't going to give it up. But those days are long uh, past it now. And the Riders, um, yeah, they're tuning up. Uh, they've got the inside track on first place. And they beat uh, the, the guess who they play again. They get to play the Edmonton Eskimos again next week, this time at Mosaic. So they can clinch first place uh, with a home win against the team they just beat. That's going to give them all sorts of confidence. And let's face it, the Eskimos have nothing to play for. They're the crossover team. They're going to Montreal. And I'm not even sure how much their starters are going to play. And we've, we already saw teams this week starting to sit their starters. I mean, and Trevor Harris is coming off a, a fairly substantial injury. Is there really a point to playing him at all next week? Save him up uh, for the playoff game. So Unless you're trying uh, to get him back into game speed. Yeah, but at the same time, is that um, you, you got that? But he's coming off the injury. Give him a rest. Uh, you, you, it's not going to get you any better because uh, I, I do not like the chances of Edmonton going into Saskatchewan and coming away with a win. So that looks like a very strong possibility that Saskatchewan is going to finish first. But we'll see. And, but uh, in this game, yeah, Saskatchewan, a big time comeback in the second half, and they cap it off with the last play field goal, and uh, now they've got first place uh, is within their own destiny. So it's easy, uh, interesting to see how this week's going to go. Without question. Okay, so final score on this one was the Saskatchewan 27, Edmonton Eskimos 24. That score, in my opinion, kind of flatters the Eskimos. It did. You know, you look at it, 27-24, Edmonton score, or Saskatchewan scores a field goal on the last play of the game uh, to win the game. It was tied up to that point in time. But Edmonton just didn't seem like they were in the game. It, it's funny saying that with, you know, 59 minutes gone in the game and the score is tied. But it just, it just seemed like they were outclassed every minute of this game. So, Will can't pick Saskatchewan or Edmonton to win a game, so he just didn't bother picking scores on this one. No, that's not true. He picked uh, Edmonton to win this one 47-16. Not only did you lose, you lo- you lost with style. Okay? Uh, Mark, you uh, picked uh, Edmonton as well. I-, I think that's only wishful thinking, hoping that uh, Saskatchewan lost. Uh, 29-20, so you're out of there as well. So, it was Phil. Phil's the number one in the standings this the entire season. Got more points than anybody. And he had the worst score here. He was off by 28 points. 
Uh, Charles, you were off by seven. And CJ pulls up another victory for the season. He picked it. It was six-point spread. And that gives him three, count them, three gold stickers for the week. And I am closing in on Will. So the standings after week 20 are Phil with 22, Mark with 21. Charles increases his lead over Will to 14. Uh, sorry, at 14, Will is at 11, three points back, and CJ is one point behind Will in the wild card seat in there. Ten victories for CJ. Not bad. You are really breaking up all of a sudden. Oh, uh, it's probably just now he's pushing buttons just so that I can't say what I'm doing. But it's all Will's fault. It has to be. What? Okay, now CJ has got 10 victories, Will's got 11. Charles at 14, Mark at 21, and Phil at 22. The race down the stretch is definitely between Phil and Mark, uh, but CJ is trying to catch Will to get out of the basement. I don't know if it'll happen. We'll see. Next week, a whole other ball game. Okay. Is that better, Charles? Are we okay now? No, I, I still have an all sorts of problems hearing you. It's very... Uh... Very uh, choppy. Mark, are you getting the same thing? Yeah, you sound bad, really bad. Okay, well then I'm going to stop talking. Um, <laughs> playoff scenarios. Charles, you're the least one with skin in this game. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I guess I'm uh, going. Uh, yeah. you want to okay, so. You're getting a little bit better, so no, no, it's okay. So uh, Western Division. So I mean, the playoffs are set in the East. Only the two teams made it. Uh, you got Hamilton in first, Montreal in second. They're the only teams going to the playoffs. And uh, uh, Edmonton, or excuse me, Toronto and Ottawa. Well, they're just playing to finish them and go home. So the West is where it's really, um, really interesting. So the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. All they need is a one point out of their last game. So either a win or a tie, and they clinch first and host the Western final. Calgary, with a win or a tie here in BC on Saturday, uh, clinches a home playoff date. If Calgary loses to BC, then Winnipeg hosts the Western semi against Calgary. So Winnipeg can still uh, host a playoff game, but. Uh, it is not in their uh, hands. They need help from the BC Lions. Huh, now the Bombers come crawling back. Um, so if Saskatchewan and Calgary both win, Saskatchewan will clinch first place, host the Western Final, Calgary will host Winnipeg in the Western Final. Now let's say Saskatchewan loses to Edmonton and Calgary loses to BC. Then Saskatchewan still gets first place, and um, Winnipeg hosts the Western final against Calgary, or Western semi against Calgary. So a Saskatchewan win and a Calgary loss. Again, Saskatchewan hosts the West, West final, and Winnipeg hosts Calgary. Um, it doesn't say what happens if Calgary wins and Saskatchewan loses. That's the one month. Sorry, yesterday Calgary would get first place then and then Saskatchewan will host Winnipeg in the Western Final. So the only scenario I see for Winnipeg, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, the only scenario I can see for Winnipeg 
uh, hosting the Western Final is to host against Calgary. Because uh, I believe yeah, Saskatchewan right. has the Saskatchewan has the tiebreaker with Winnipeg, so uh, they can finish no lower than second. Yeah, it's second or third. They cannot get higher than second place. Their season's right. over. They've already they've already put all their games, so they can't get any. That's right. Winnipeg doesn't play. You're you're still really badly breaking up. We don't hear a thing you're saying. Okay, fine. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to bed then. You guys finish the show. If you don't like me talking, I'm leaving. What? No, I'm going to talk to Dr. Cross. Um. I'm going to I think you just abandoned us. Are you leaving? Oh, I'm here. Oh, hey. oh he's here. I'm, I'm going to reboot my computer. Oh, he, he's doing back. something with his computer. He, I think he said he had to reboot his computer and he'll be back. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. Well, Will, what do you think is the most likely scenario here coming uh, for the playoff? Um... Well, I would think the most likely scenario at this point in time is that Calgary holds host Winnipeg in the semifinal. Because if they lose to BC, I'm just going to... I think I'm going to become a Hamilton fan. Makes sense. There right. really is no good reason for them to lose to BC this week. BC no. has nothing to play for whatsoever. No. Except for pride. Mind you, NBC does have their second string quarterback in, so... That too, yeah. Right. Yeah. But they had a they had a bye this week, did they not? BC yes, did have a did. bye this week, yes. So maybe they're changing up a bunch of things, and they go out and win for pride. Who knows? Mm-hmm. They can be the spoiler. This could be their big. This could be their Grey Cup on Friday, right, or Saturday, whenever. It, it is. could be. Right. So. We'll see we'll if, see. Uh, what's his name, uh, Danny O'Brien's up to it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against Calgary. I'm not holding my breath, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, their destiny is still sort of in their hands, but on the other hand, they're going to see the results of the Saskatchewan game, and uh, by two, they still have to win, or they're going to play in Winnipeg, and... I don't know if you want to play playoff football in November in Winnipeg. Oh, my God. That would be horrible. Uh, Personally, I'd want to avoid that, I think. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, yep. Mark, what do you think? I was going to say the coldest game I've ever been to in Winnipeg was in the 70s, and I do believe it was either the Western final or semifinal against Calgary. And it was, <clears throat> it was minus 30. God. And they had a snowstorm the night before, and they used front-end loaders to clear the field, and they gouged chunks of the field out. Okay, it was pretty pathetic. Mm-hmm. And I did wear my snowmobile suit to that game. 
I was not very old. I might have been 16 or something like that. Long time ago. Yep. And uh, since we're talking about... Sorry, go ahead, Mark. Go Go ahead, Mark. Reality is Winnipeg should be playing in Calgary. Yep. In past years, that would scare the daylights out of me. It doesn't now. But no, in reality, Winnipeg should be playing in Calgary. But who knows what kind of a letdown Calgary's going to have if Saskatchewan or when Saskatchewan beats Edmonton. I can't see Edmonton. I just can't see Edmonton winning in Saskatchewan. I just can't see it. Yeah, this so, was their week to beat Saskatchewan this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the losses to Toronto and Montreal are biting Winnipeg in the ass now, but that's whatever. It's reality should be Winnipeg playing in Calgary. But we'll see what happens. It'll certainly be fun if it's here. And will, when it's minus 40, that's the best time. That's playoff football. What we should think about, when was the last time, I was trying to figure this out two weeks ago, and I think it must have been 2001. When was the last time Winnipeg won in Calgary? In the playoffs or overall? Period. About two or three years ago. It's been quite a while. Two or three years ago. No, it's only maybe three years ago. The game at the end of the season. Yeah, a game that still counts as a loss, whether it was Ham and Eggers in or not. It still counts as a loss in Calgary. So let's <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about the last time we won a real game in Calgary. A meaningful game in Calgary. A meaningful game. It's that's, that's been a while. Probably a decade. That's probably close yeah. to a decade. Every time they've had a meaningful game there, they've seemed to lo- lose. But I'm we pretty had, sure uh, it was not two, very I'm good. Pretty sure it was. In, I'm pretty sure this it was is a different team. Yes, it is. Probably. Yeah. No, and the reason I say it's a different team is because it's a different quarterback. Yeah, we lost yeah. in Calgary this year, but we also had Strebler at quarterback, and they shut Harris and Strebler down when they needed to. It's a different animal with Kalaros, as we saw last week, which we're going to talk about after anyway, sort of. But um, no, no, just with the playoff spots, I think the way they stand right now is how it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Saskatchewan We're going to have to go through. Winnipeg three. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to make for good football no matter what. So. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Mark, I can't, hey, Mark, I can't believe you didn't think I would know who Stan Mikulas was. Well, he looks a little different from his playing days, buddy. Well, he does. Looks like the rest of the old. Old and <laughs> fat. Like said, old and yeah. fat. Yeah. Except he's not fat. No, he's always been a large guy. Yeah. CJ hasn't come back on yet. We have, we have not. No. He's not come back yet, so we'll, we'll wait. So I guess uh, 
I'll probably just, uh, I think, unless anyone else has anything else left on it, we can probably move on to the next next topic. Okay. Well, let's go here. So, um, even after uh, Caleros had that big performance um, last week, uh, Michael Shea is still not name, named his starter for the playoffs. So, does he really have a choice in the matter here? I mean... Can they legit? Well, I mean, I don't know how badly Strebler is hurt, but even all things being equal, if Strebler is healthy, do they not have to still go with Caleros? Mark, you're in Winnipeg. Yeah. What do you think? Are they going to are they going to stick with Caleros, or do you think there's a possibility O'Shea goes back to to Strebler? With O'Shea, you never know. You can't take anything he says. Everything he says, you have to take with a grain of salt. You just have to. Look, he said they weren't going for a veteran quarterback. Oops, a couple of days later, in comes Kolaros. No, Kolaros won't be playing, blah, blah, blah. Oops, yeah, he's playing. Um, you have to go with Kolaros as your starting quarterback. That was proven in this last week. Um, but it would be interesting if... Strebler's foot, wrist, ribs, back, neck, and everything else is healthy after getting a couple of weeks off. Mm -hmm. Those are just some interesting packages he can put in for him. He's used to platooning like that with Nichols. So Kloros is used to coming in and out. It could be fun to watch those two change it up. You know what you're going to get when Strebler comes in. But no, I, I really do think it's going to. It's got to be Kloros. If it's a home playoff game and they trot out Strebler, there might be one or two boos. They're going to get booed. Ooh, yeah. 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 Uh, the crowd has taken to Caleros pretty quick. So, no, I think it has to be Caleros. He gives yeah. them the best chance to win. By far, he's a far better quarterback. We all know that. It's just keeping them healthy. So. Yep. Is this working? Yes. Hey, yes, it is. I can hear you good now. So I'm back and I'm good, okay? Yes. Yep. Wow. What an ordeal. Okay. I was just ready to plug in my phone. Uh, did I not say, did I not say that Bomber fans should be ecstatic when the Toronto Argonauts traded Zach Galeros to Winnipeg? Did I not say you that? Did. You did, yep. You did. And, and what did I get? I got nothing but gears. Uh, jeers and and booze and everything from all bomber fans saying, "Oh my God, we don't want this tinfoil oh. glass baby." It no, uh, most talented quarterback in the CFL. It's amazing. Bomber fans are finally seeing it. Is that working? Am I okay? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, so dead silence yep. here. Okay. Yeah, but the only thing is they got to keep him healthy, and uh, he looked good so even though he gotta, took the. He's just got to stay upright. Yep. You're gonna run down the field. Either slide when there's nobody around you, or take the hit like a man. Too many too many quarterbacks are getting their head taken off by trying to get that extra yard or two sliding late. And the linebacker coming at him like a freight train and takes his head off. Oh, my God. Did we see that before? Yeah, that's exactly what happened in, in 
Saskatchewan with Zach Caleros. It was 100% Zach Caleros' fault. You can't blame Simone Lawrence for that one. And and the same thing happened in this game, except he got up on his own. Well, he did do both of the things you said, though, because the next slide he did in the second half, yeah, there I saw wasn't it. anybody around him for like 10 yards. Yeah, but somebody down. ran towards him and said, down you go. What, so, and and yeah, did, you would know, you complain? As a Bomber fan, nope. would you complain? Oh, he um, could have got a couple. He could have the first down. I was on my feet cheering as soon as he slid, so no. Yeah, okay. But when I when Zach Caleros was signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I said the Bombers' chances of winning the Grey Cup just went skyrocketing. Because literally, I didn't even know if they were going to make the playoffs. It was they were playing so bad. Yeah, no. Good thing for Caleros. I, I'm happy for him, and I hope yep. he's there next year. He's not. He's going to go to Toronto with Michael Shea, but he's a rental. He's going back to Toronto as soon as the season's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah pretty I, I much no. So. But Toronto can't protect him. They don't have well, no line. Well, they might have to go get one in the off season then. Oh God. So no, but I'm thinking. Try. I'm thinking. I'm thinking if Zach Kolaris does well in the playoffs, and he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to win the Great Cup. But if he does well. I think Winnipeg will go after him a lot faster than they'll go after Matt Nichols. Harder. He'll for sure. Really well, better. He's a quarterback. So. He's, a, he's a quality quarterback. I, you know, in all honesty, you know, Zach, okay, Will, what you just said kind of confused me because if Winnipeg does well in the playoffs, that means they've eliminated Calgary. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. Just, well, just confirming that. Zach Caleros has that ability. But I mean, take let's talk about this for a second. We're talking about how well Zach Caleros did the other night, and he did do well, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, they still only beat Calgary by a point, right? Yeah. So they didn't gain anything. Because Richie Hall still got, calling college plays. That is correct. <clears throat> well, you guys pick on Richie Hall a lot. He sucks. <laughs> you think? Oh, my good Lord. Well, how come Winnipeg is playing so good with him then? Can't answer that, can you? Nope. Nope. Okay, moving on. The Eskimos are having trouble explaining why they have penalty issues. Does it simply come down to the lack of discipline from the coaching staff? Lead by example. And if the example is throwing the Gatorade can all over the place, it's not a good example. Okay? Hot-headed well, temper, out of control. Well, and I, hold no. on now. Hold on now. 
you don't you don't listen to as much football stuff as I do, Christopher. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I only listen to myself. Right. Okay. So one of the things that has been coming out of Edmonton all season long, kind of one of the smartest people that, I know. So I is, go ahead. Is that Jason Moss? Jason Moss has he's incorporated this whole team discipline togetherness kind of thing. They've brought in all kinds of, you know, those guys that I've, I've worked for companies where they Kumbaya. try and get you. To, yeah, 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 yeah. You sit He's around and you hug or whatever. That's right. That's right. You know, you stand on a picnic table and fall out backwards and let people catch you. Okay. When they yeah. did that, when they did that to me, they didn't realize how heavy I was. Okay. That really hurt. Anyway, <laughs> um, seriously, I'm not, I'm not shitting you. There's not many 130-pound women who can catch me if I fall backwards, okay? Anyways, um, but apparently he, that's been a big uh, focus of his this year. So I don't understand the penalty thing. Obviously, it might not be working. Or, you have I guess to practice they had what you of, preach? I guess they had lots of turmoil in their locker room last year, and you saw it. And you saw it at the end of the last year. They were talking about that uh, wide receiver who went to the NFL, Duke Williams, about he yeah. was a cancer in the room. They also talked about a couple other people that were cancers in the room. They didn't and talk so favorably of Darrell Walker. Nope. No. So apparently Jason Moss has tried to change that attitude with these things. And I guess it hasn't really worked if you look at it as you – look at it as far as the penalties go, but that's just a that's just a mental thing. We've had the same issues with some of the Calgary players this year because they're young and they're not as experienced. And and you saw I don't know if you guys when you guys watched the Calgary Winnipeg game the other day. Um and you mentioned it, CJ, there was you thought it was a penalty on Bo Levi when he got tackled and the guy rolled over on him or something like that. You see, all mm-hmm. the players were upset by that, and a couple of them were going after bomber linemen, but Bo Levi Mitchell was the guy saying, you know, don't worry about it, it doesn't matter, because he's trying to stop them from taking penalties. Which, oh, I, I understand and agree. When, good, you let good your, on when you let your emotions go, you're going to get penalties. It's that simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it shouldn't have you been know, a penalty. No, but and 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 good good on the bombers when Zach Kolaris got hit. I mean, the bombers really didn't freak out that much because they didn't want to take a penalty. It's that simple. Going into the playoffs, you got to play disciplined football because penalties might make a huge difference in the outcome of the game. Yeah. Without question. And it does. It always makes a difference in the outcome of the game. Just mm-hmm. giving the other team a short field. Yep. Correct. Same with bad special teams. 
Yep. Okay. Mark, what's your take on Jason Moss? Will you is know great. He has. Go ahead. He hasn't Lord. been involved as much. He really hasn't been involved in the crazy stuff as much. So, but I think it's still it's a locker room thing, like Will said. And I, none of the guys. There, there's lots of veteran leaders there. There's C.J. Gable. There's Trevor Harris. There's guys there that should be taking control of the locker room. And obviously they're not. And at the end of it, it does come down to the coach has to put a stop to it. They've led the league in penalties for, what, three or four years now? Mm-hmm. This isn't a new thing. They're, every year they're up there in the penalties. So it's got to be – it's got to start at the top. It's got to start with the coach. And he's – hasn't done anything to change it. And in the article that Charles posted with the link, he isn't talking about it. It's There's nothing to talk about. This is nothing. It's got nothing to do with the football. I'm not talking about this. You're not even addressing it. So unless he's just saying that to the media and addressing it in the locker room, which it doesn't look like he is, nothing's changed. You can change all the personnel you want, but if the coach is just going to let guys do whatever they want and take these stupid penalties every single game, and they're bad penalties. It's not holding. It's unnecessary roughness penalties. It's procedure penalties. It's offsides. It's dumb penalties. Unsportsmanly. At bad times. Mm -hmm. There's all over the map with them. There's no discipline on that team. They just seem to do what they want. That is the coach. Any way you look at it, yep. that is the coach. Yep. You know, yep. you, you, you can't look at it any other way. You know, we all said they won free agency this year. They were going to be extremely good, and they started off very good. And then it just all crumbled. Mm-hmm. And the more they're getting into the losses, the more they're taking all these dumb penalties again. And you're going into the playoffs like that, and your coach is saying we're not going to address it. It just makes no sense. Well, it just means that Montreal's going to the Eastern Finals. Yep. Yeah, Hard to argue like that they're... one. They're looking straight at a sub-500 season and a, a first-round exit. That's not a and sub-500 I got a, season. That's disgusting. 3 well, and 14? Uh, no, no, I'm talking about uh, Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was yeah. looking at Ottawa. Right. I mean, but, uh, I mean, that. I mean, that's got – I got to think if that's the case and that's what happens and how it plays out. That's probably the end of Jason Moss in in Edmonton. I don't know how you could possibly bring him back after that. He's really gotten well, this team nowhere. We we said that last year, and we believe that he came back because uh, Trevor Harris was coming to the team, and Jason Moss was with Trevor Harris in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't. I don't think he was with Trevor Harrison in Ottawa. I don't believe so. But no. in reality, most of the experts have been saying that Jason Moss will not be back next year. So unless they, go I don't to think the you have to be up. an expert to say that. No, I don't either. I don't either. I just don't see how you bring him back a- a- anymore because I mean, uh, he's had chance after chance, and they're not improving. If you saw signs of improvement, then you could justify bringing him back. But they got a worse record this year than they have last year. They do. Yeah. So I don't That's know how fact. you you can't really justify bringing him back. He he gave him a lot of um, high high notable um, free agents, and it still hasn't made a difference. And it's interesting. They got rid of uh, Benavides this year, didn't they? Was it this year they got rid of him? Like, was he their defensive coordinator last year? Yes. You know, Edmonton did sign some good defensive players this year. I wonder what Benavides would have done with them. Might have been a different team. Because you guys have always said he's a great defensive coach in your mind. I, I think he was. I think what he did, in, it, yeah. given the right <laughs> personnel, he did a very good job on defense in BC. I don't have a problem right. with Mike Benavides as a defensive coordinator no. uh, right. and, and when in his time with BC. Right. His, his time as a head coach was a clusterfuck. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe it. No, that's a good word. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Yep. Moving on from the Edmonton Eskimos. James Wilder Jr. was sat out on by the Argos this week, and 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 Toronto started rookie AJ Ule. Simply a look at a prospect for next season, or will we see Wilder move on next season? I don't think James Wilder is sticking around there, only because he's been nothing but a bust since his rookie year. Nothing and 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 a headache to boot. Why would you keep this guy? You now got uh, Pinball Clemens in there, and I mean, talk about running backs. The the difference in talent and class alone is, is massive. I mean, you'd be better off putting Pinball back on the field than this idiot. My personal opinion. James Wilder should move on from Toronto. Does it mean that he's Done in the CFL? No, it just means that he needs to be somewhere else. Will, did you see that? We got yes. somebody special just called in. Phil, welcome to yeah. the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, doing real great, Christopher. Uh, Long time listener, uh, several times caller. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my good lord. 
You didn't just phone Rod Peterson, okay? <laughs> I don't think I've ever called Rod. You no, I have. I, I actually, I have. I have called Rod's show, and I got on the air. And Rod and I talked to, uh, uh, quite a bit. And that was actually before we actually were, were, were good friends. Now we're actually pretty good friends. We talk often. He's read my tweets a, he's read my tweets a couple times, but uh, he hasn't, uh, I haven't phoned in. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we are talking about James Wilder Jr. leaving Toronto. Is he going to stick around? Is he going to go away? And the first one up on this one is Charles, because I'm going to let him go first. I'm not going to blindside him with it, though. The thing is, I know he's a head case, and he has not put up very good numbers. But if you go back and look at a lot of the games, they're not using him very much. No. I think there was one about three or four weeks ago where we were looking at him that he was averaging nine yards a carry or something like that, but they only gave him the ball like four times. Yeah. So he's not going to put up big numbers when he's not getting the ball. If you get, if you got a guy that's running the ball nine yards a carry, you should be giving that ball a lot more. So, um, I don't know. I think he's seemingly fallen out of favor there in Toronto. I don't think that... Charles, did we lose you? I think he's. I think we he just did. lost Charles. Wait, what? It, it, Blog talk hasn't it. told me that. I don't know what's the matter I'm with back him now. Okay, what happened to you? Me. Oh, you Had a little bit of my um, what should we call it? My headset died. I had to switch over to the handset. There, it just died mid sentence. Pipeline. I'm back cool. now. It did but, die uh, mid sentence. Yeah. We were listening to you, and all of a sudden you stopped. Yeah, I just disappeared. Uh, but I think that um, he's fallen out of favor. I don't think that uh, they're as high as him as, on him as he once was. Um, uh, I don't know if he's a, a problem guy in the uh, in the dressing room, but uh, it's possible. He does like to chirp, as we all know. So I don't expect James Wilder Jr. to be in Toronto next year. I think he's going to move on. I think he'll probably still be somewhere in the CFL. I just don't think it's going to be Toronto. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he needs to leave the CFL. I do think he's he, he is a talented running back. I just think he's a little bit too full of himself, and he needs to to move on to, uh, you know, be dealt with. Yeah, he likes himself a lot. Yeah, he's too much, and he's got. He needs to be humble. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, actually, Charles, on something that you said, I looked at uh, James Wilder Jr.'s stats today. Okay. Yeah. Now, Andrew Harris, who leads the league with 1,380 yards, okay, in 16 games because he, he, he missed two, uh, he had 225 carries, okay? James Wilder yeah. Jr. had 88 yeah. How how can you be a dominant force? And and you know, if you look at this and, and yeah, he only had eighty eight carries, and I'm looking down the list, the next Toronto running back that had any care any amount of carries was Chris Rainey at forty five carries. That together that's Adam together they're not half as many as Andrew Harris had. Yeah. And 
What did, did it show there what their average yard per carry is? Yes. Uh, James Walter Jr.'s average yard per carry is five. Okay. Which is actually, which is actually quite low. It's a, the only one that's lower than him in the top ten would be C.J. Gable. But, yes, when we were looking at him, he had some amazing average in a game, but he had like four or five carries. And that was happened a couple weeks in a row. Yep. Okay. And it, it, Fajardo has, more, has 20 more yards, uh, 20 more attempts uh, than James Wilder Jr. and has 200 yards more rushing. Quarterback. So they're just not giving them the ball enough. The, yeah. It's hard to be yeah. successful if you don't get the ball. Yeah. Uh, shit, even Chris Strebler's got more yards than than James Wilder, and almost twice as many yards. Wow. I didn't see that one coming. Okay. Mark, James Wilder, is he going to be in Toronto next year? Is he worthy of the no, CFL, or are we just sick of his shit? Is his contract up this year? I don't know. Doesn't mean anything in the CFL. No, but I think if it is, he's going to try the XFL. I think he wasn't trying. I could see that, but I could see him trying the XFL. Yeah. In the CFL, uh, he might go back to Toronto, and if it's a new contract, it'll be at a vastly discounted rate. Yeah, it is partly Toronto's fault for not using him. But they've obviously soured on him, so they're not going to give him the money that they that he pretty much hijacked out of them before. Well, so he, we, we don't, don't know that because it's that a new contract. general manager and a new coach. So even yeah, though you say you, Toronto soured on him, that it, it's a new regime in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Of course, we don't know it's a new coach, but we're going to have to assume that. You would hope it's a new coach. Yeah. But. Um, and it is interesting that he has sat, I think. Has he played much since pinball came in? Not a lot. Since he didn't play at well, all I don't know. last weekend. I don't know if there's anything to read into that. It might be too soon for that. But he may have worn out his act there. And really, outside of maybe Ottawa, I don't see anybody who's going to need him. So well, I it, think he may try the XFL. It might be Ottawa. At a vastly discounted contract that what he has now. But he just doesn't have the stats to prove it. <laughs> so you can't justify that big contract again. I honestly think he's going to try the XFL, though. Is it that if big of a contract that he got? Made a big him, fuss over it. It took him well over a hundred thousand. I'm pretty sure. Can't remember what the exact one is. But. I think it was incentive laden as well. Well, he sure as hell hasn't hidden any in the incentives. Yeah, but so, they haven't played him. So is is the fact exactly. that he hasn't got any any uh, incentives? No, no, not at all. I'm not putting it on him. That's not. That's the team hasn't played him, so he's not hitting no incentives. Unless it's a Matt Nichols type of 
um, and you get your bonus just for playing a football game. So. Yeah. Hey, Nichols gets like, I don't know if it's 60 or 70 grand a season just on being on the active roster for every game. So. Yeah, well, he's not on the active roster. <laughs> no, I think he'll try the XFL. I really do. In the CFL, maybe Toronto or Ottawa. Yep. Go ahead. Well, somebody jump in there, Phil. Well, I think think I'm I'm going to disagree with the consensus a little bit here. Uh, From what I'm reading about the XFL, salaries are not going to be uh, anywhere near the WAF. No, they're not. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. They don't pay well, but you don't get taxed twice. That's that's true. But but the future of the league doesn't even really look that good right now. Uh, uh, WWE. Nobody, well, I haven't read why this has happened, but they've gone four quarters in a row with a drop of 20 to 25% in, in gross income sales, advertising, etc. For some reason, suddenly, about 12 to 16 months ago, the WWE fell off the map in the U.S. entertainment business, in the world entertainment business. And I haven't seen an explanation why. And interestingly, I actually know some people from inside the industry. Uh, my former neighbor, uh, both herself and her son, were involved in the industry, and and they both worked for WWE in the past. And I should have asked her, but I, I haven't. And uh, it, it's interesting. It's uh, maybe maybe somebody somebody knows about this. Charles, you do a lot of reading. Crowd, just. They've had a problem with like bad storylines and bad television and so on, which has seen huge ratings drops on their TV shows, and I think that's uh, actually created uh, a loss in advertising revenue, which I think is contributing to it. Don't forget those three little letters, Charles. Three little letters? Yeah, that's the other one. But that wouldn't be – that just – started though in reality that's not something that um that's True. only been in the last few months so that that wouldn't account for all of it i'm, I'm not familiar with those three letters aew oh, it's, a, it's a new uh competitive promotion that's that's um uh, started up i see yeah. Yeah, very yep. hey they're on tfm yep Uh, but I... No, so the XFL honestly isn't any any agents out there advising players that the XFL might be an option for CFL talent. I I would uh, suggest uh, gentlemen should start looking for new agents if their agents are telling them or, or not pointing that out that the XFL is not really viable right now. Okay. I'm done with James Wilder. Do you want to talk about it, Will, or can we just move on? I'm bored. James who? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, so the last 
last little uh, segment here we've got just before we end the show here is this topic seems to come up this time every year. Does the CFL need to reevaluate their playoff format? Okay, now we've talked about this in the past. I've talked about, I've given my suggestion on this. We did have John Hodge uh, put out a, a story on Let's Talk uh, or, or in Three Down Nation. Uh, I thought you were talking about the stadium is worth $2.8 billion. And I was going to say, in what yeah, fucking no, world are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's just Vince's personal net worth. I'm not yeah. sure if McMahon Stadium's worth 2800 but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny, though. I'm not, hey. not going to disagree, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> in what world is this happening, right? Sorry. You, you know what you know what the best part of one. you know what the best part of McMahon Stadium is? When it's cold out the bathrooms are heated. <laughs> that's it. Well, so is it a carbon copy of the old Winnipeg Stadium or what? What was that? The old Winnipeg Stadium, that was the only redeeming factor. Is it the carbon copy of the stadium or No, no, we don't have piss troughs, Mark. Okay. Oh, we okay. have urinals. Okay, I miss those piss troughs. How could you miss them? A lot of people in line. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they you could disgusting. miss them. What do you mean? You they piss on your feet or what? Of twenty. No, you piss on a cow trough. You piss on a trough. Yeah, I know, but Will just it said just... he missed it. So if you're missing the drop, oh, you're on your shoes, right? Oh, I guess yeah. I guess we it. all missed that joke, Christopher. Arr, yeah. arr, arr, arr. Damn. Hey, that thing was disgusting, but you could get three or four hundred guys in it at once versus twenty stalls. Yep. So absolutely. All right. Okay. Are you guys okay. talking about about old Mosaic Stadium? Talking about Taylor Field or? No, pretty much any game in the CFL. Hey, hey, Phil, Phil, they had bathrooms in Old Mosaic Stadium. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, they had, okay, and okay. They had the truck. Move, move on from the urinals, okay? We're not. We're going to talk some football. We're trying to really fast here. Um, did you guys we're read this article? About football urinals. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Bill Burr actually covered it very, very, very well in, in, in his series Ethics for Family that Bill's son's uh, first trip to a, uh, to a football <coughs> game with his dad was not so different from my own experience going to a football game with my dad. The first what are you one. talking about? Are we talking about the playoff format right about? now, which is where, where the subject's supposed to be, or are you off talking about oh, something Oh, sorry, else? we're in the playoff format. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not talking. I said we've moved on from urinals. Okay. And and my apologies. It wasn't John Hodge that wrote this article. It was Mike Wig. Three Down Nation article. um, And Mark posted it and basically said, hey, CJ, he read your, he listened to your podcast or he's taken, stolen your ideas. I don't think he went far enough. He did not take my idea because my idea is still way better than anything that he suggested in here, Mark. 
good, bad, or ugly. But he's right. He's 100% right. There has not been one year. There's only, Okay, maybe going back 2003, it was close. But you can go back. The Eastern Division just sucks, okay? There is no redeeming feature of it at all, period, anywhere. They just suck. And then people will say, well, how come they win the Grey Cup every once in a while? Well, yeah, they do. That doesn't mean that the division doesn't suck. The division sucks. There could be one team, one strong, powerful team. Well, we had the Montreal Alouettes for a decade that was a strong, powerful team. Won three Grey Cups. Okay? Everybody else in that division was garbage. Okay? Right now, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are a very strong and powerful team in the Eastern Division. In the CFL, they beat the, the Western teams hands down all over the place, right? Look at Toronto and Ottawa. And Montreal can't hold a candle to Hamilton. So, you know, seriously, that division sucks. There is a problem with it, and something has to be done. How do you, how do you make these terrible teams better? Because if you don't make them better, if they don't get better, then you need to change the playoff format because there's no way that you need three garbage teams in the Western Division when all five teams in the CF in the Western Division are above 500. Maybe that's not this year. It certainly isn't with the BC Lions, but it was last year. Edmonton missed the playoffs at nine and nine. Missed the playoffs at nine and nine. Hamilton hosted a game at eight and ten. In what world does that make sense? I don't know. Okay, we got about two minutes left to show. Somebody go. Somebody talk to me right now. I'm going to shut up. William, what do you think? How should we change so, well, the format? We got to change the playoff format. That's what we got to do. We can't change the East and the West because then nobody in Eastern Canada is going to watch ever again. Um, but I still think the top six teams should make the playoffs. That's what I think. Doesn't matter what division you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so they make the playoffs, but should they host playoff games? That's not fair either, is it? No, but the top six teams should make the playoffs, and the best team should host. It's that simple. Screw the East-West thing. You can yeah. keep the East-West. You can keep the East-West. Top team in each division gets the bye to the Western and Eastern final. Yeah. Second through sixth. Second through sixth gets whatever the standings are. Okay. Then let's just – okay, the, 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 the show's over and i got to close it off. So last yeah. year, last year Ottawa was an 11-7 team. Saskatchewan was 12-6. and six. Ottawa got a bye. Saskatchewan didn't. Fair? You're okay with that? You, you have to keep the East-West in. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm you not disputing to. that. I'm just saying that the crossover team needs to cross over, but I think it should be in the number two team, not the number four team. I got to close the show. Sorry, guys. We'll talk about this one again because we, we'll mm-hmm. do it in the offseason. When we got more time yep. to chat, we can spend 20 minutes on this subject. Okay, this has been right. Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 407. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we did talk some football. Uh, Phil, just Flake, Charles, Mark, and Will were here. You guys say goodnight in order there. Charles, go ahead. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you this week. Mark. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on, uh, next week.
Uh, Phil, go ahead. Hey, good night, everybody. That was some weekend of CFL football. I wish I'd got on at the beginning of the show. There was so much to talk about. William, close it off. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Wednesday. Go Elves.